0: Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. I'm excited to get in this word, man. Cool summer. Cool summer's almost over. Um, This is now the eighth message of cool summer, man. We've been here for eight weeks, and cool summer is all about... um, messages that'll help cool you down in the hottest time of the year, man. Some some of the ways we've been talking about cooling down is through rest and reflection, man. You gotta sometimes, man. Life is so hectic, life gets so heated up. You gotta take a moment just to cool off, just to chill out. We've been talking about that: rest, reflection, restoration, renewal. That's what cool summer has been about. And as we're about to change seasons and enter into the fall, and as this is back to school Sunday, I wanted to talk about something that I think we need for the next season that you always find in moments of rest. We're talking about blessing today. I want to bless people for the next season. By the end of the message today, hold on, you want to watch this whole thing, especially if you work in our education system, no matter if it's from the 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 parking lot all the way to the classroom or admin or wherever you work in the education system before this message is over at the end of this message i'm going to do a special blessing just for you and i'm going to do a special blessing for all students all the way from vpk all the way up to graduate studies i'm doing a special blessing just for you so hold on hold you just bear with your pastor today you want you want the blessing of the house bear with me i'm gonna talk about blessing today and then i'm gonna actually bless you okay i'm gonna do my role as the under shepherd of this house god is the shepherd the blessing comes through him i just pray it flows through me and gets to the people that needs it the most for this next season but if you got your bibles since we're talking about blessing today i thought i would start in a place that speaks all about blessing, and it's the Psalms. So I want you to turn your Bible to Psalms chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Yes, Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Read something like this. I'm going actually open my Bible to it. Um, Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I love how it reads. It says... Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. My goodness, that's heavy to start with. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. I love that. It says, he is like a tree planted by streams of living water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. That's a good place to say amen. That's a good place to say amen. Man, i need the studio to help me out today man don't let me preach this by myself man don't leave me high and dry i know y'all at home preaching me down but i need to hear i need that response back so we gonna we gonna try this again i'm gonna read it one more time is that okay because the bible is so good like even when you read it people should just say amen so here we go psalms 1, 1 through 1-3 blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners uh, that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers and the church said, Amen. "Man, whoa, that is good. I hope you I hope you feel that I'm gonna preach this how I feel it today uh, if you're taking notes in this eighth message of cool summer i've entitled it a season of blessing a season of blessing let us pray father god i thank you for this day well, this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that would tune in and watch this message today, God. You know why the rains came and why you didn't want us outside, but for whatever reason, you wanted us inside. But I believe that you just wanted us to turn our homes into altars. You wanted your word, your gospel, your spirit to permeate people's homes today, God. So use me as a messenger, Lord, to speak your grace and your truth for people that need to hear it the most. I pray that I lie down as you rise up but don't let my words be my own let them come directly from your throne room of grace God I pray that hearts minds and ears will be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus God I pray for the one the one that needs to hear this word the most the one that needs to understand how blessed they truly are God I pray for once again the island nation of Haiti people that are lost right now so many have perished god those are in mourning people are in sorrow right now but god i pray that you will be a light a light at the end of the tunnel god after all the pain after all the hurt god you will shine your brightest for weeping may endure for the night but joy joy comes in the morning light so god i pray that you would use us as the hands and feet to be helpful to your people and god i pray that this word will resonate with those that need to hear it the most in jesus name i pray and everyone said everyone said amen amen i'm gonna try to wake y'all up as best as i can this morning so on the count of three don't cheer for me but i want you to give jesus a shout of praise about a five second long shout of praise so here we go one two three go yes lord hallelujah praise jesus Mm-mm-mm. i'm ready to preach <laughs> man a season of blessing. As we're nearing the end of the summer, we're coming up on a brand new season, and it's honestly one of my favorite seasons. As much as I love the summer, I really love the fall. Man, I love fall fashion. I mean, we really don't get to mess with it much in Miami because it's just always hot and humid down here. But man, I miss my New York days where I could start pulling out my pea coats and my scarves and I could look at the leaves on the trees and they would change colors. Man, the fall is rapidly approaching. And I love the fall because the fall allows us to get into a rhythm where summer is usually a rhythm of rest fall is usually a a rhythm of, of, of harvest, man. It's a beautiful time because all the work that has been done and all the rest that has been taken, eventually it all turns into something. And fall is always a beautiful season of harvest. But the other thing I love about the fall is that we get our rhythm back in the fall, man. There's a little more normalcy in the fall. Our kids are going back to school. We don't have to entertain them every day anymore. Hallelujah. Look at my face. I am happy. I love my baby girl. I love being with her all the time, but I'm so happy that she gonna get to be with people her age. You heard her mama in the background. Amen. it's back to school. We getting back into rhythm. Teachers are going back in the classrooms. Some of us, some of our kids have been with us literally for the last 18 months doing school at home. I'm telling you what this last year and a half has shown me is that I was never cut out to be an educator. I was never cut out to be a teacher. I'm a half decent parent, but I would be a terrible teacher. So I want to take a moment on this back to school Sunday to say thank you. Thank you to every teacher, to every educator, every human that works in the education system. Thank you for blessing our children, for being on the front lines. I'm so thankful that schools are opening back up for in-person learning. And I know our teachers are working tirelessly to make it as safe and as amazing and as Awesome and as beneficial for our students as possible. But as the pastor, I just want to say thank you for all you do because I am not a good you. I need you in order to keep my family together. And the church said, amen. <laughs> Man, as we prepare to go into this next season, this fall season, this back to school season, on this back to school Sunday, we've been preparing physically. We've been preparing mentally to get us back into a place of rhythm but more than the physical preparation and the mental uh, preparation i believe it's always wise to spiritually prepare for the next season i don't ever want to go into a season without being spiritually prepared for what is ahead and as believers i want to make sure that whatever happens in the next season i want to make sure that i'm blessed to have success in the next season I want to be blessed in my going and my coming. I want to be blessed at all times, no matter what happens next in life. As a man of God, I want to be blessed. And the book of Psalms starts by telling us about two different types of people. Those that are blessed because they obey God and those that are not because they don't. From the beginning of the book, makes a clear separation. If you obey God, you will be blessed. If you do not obey God, you will not be blessed. And living a life that pleases God is the key to blessing today. Yeah, I'm gonna pray and bless you at the end of service, but even more than the prayer of blessing that I will give, living a life that pleases God and is obedient to God is the key to your personal blessing. So the question I know many people are probably having right now is, well, what do I gotta do to be blessed then? If if I got if like if, if living a life that's obedient to God, that pleases him is the key to blessing. What does that look like? How, how, how do I do it? Well, uh, could you give me some practicals, pastors? there's three things that I wanna tell you that are very important as it pertains to your blessing. And the first is this, and I hope that you are taking notes. If you can't write fast, you should download the Cool Church app. All my notes for this message are already in there. And I got a lot of practicals in this message that I might say really fast that I don't want you to miss. So make sure you get on the app right now because the notes are there. So the first thing, as it pertains to your blessing is this. You will be blessed in this season by your relationships. You will be blessed by your relationships. Look at Psalms chapter one, verse one. The first thing it's talking about is your relationships. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk, underline walk, in step with the wicked, or stand, underline stand, in the way that sinners take, or sit, underline sit, in the company of mockers. Let's stop right there. Blessed is the one who does not, so he's telling you, hey, if you wanna get a blessing, don't hang with these certain people, okay? If you want to be blessed, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. You need to align yourself in this season, with people that will bless you. Some of y'all are in circles right now where you don't feel any blessing, you feel cursed. And I promise you, it's because of the people that you have chosen to align yourself with. So pastor, what do I do, man? How do I align myself with better people? Like, who do I walk with? Who do I stand with? And who do I sit with? These things I love that, when this is written, it speaks to your, your, your walking, your standing, and your sitting. And these are all metaphorical statements that stand for your thinking, your behaving, and your belonging. Listen to me, I wanna break this down for you so you understand the power of blessing and understand how your relationships will lead to your blessing, okay? As it pertains to walking, standing, and sitting, it speaks to your behaving, Excuse me, so you're thinking, you're behaving, and you're belonging. So I want you to ask yourself these three questions. Who's influencing your thoughts? How do you behave around others? And who do you belong to? Take an honest inventory. Ask yourself that question in this moment. Because maybe you want to think about the season you just came out of and you're like, man, this season ain't go the way that I wanted it to go. Or maybe you just had the greatest season of your life. Ask yourself these questions. Who's influencing your thoughts? how do you behave around others and who do you belong to i want to break those three things down and first i want to start with your thinking who's influencing your thoughts because the decisions you make in this season will be blessed or cursed depending on who you decide to take counsel from listen to me listen i know you're like pastor man you're getting trying to get all deep and philosophical no this is really basic your decisions in this season will be blessed or curse based upon who you decide to get counsel from. In other words, who you walk in step with speaks to the lines of thinking that you choose to follow. It says walk in step. Who you choose to walk in step with speaks to the lines of thinking that you follow. This is why Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk I love it, that word walk again. Walk in wisdom are kept safe. Notice in Psalms 1, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Right? It tells you who not to hang with. And then in Proverbs 28 that I just read, it says to walk in wisdom. What is it talking about? A council of wise people stay away from people that walk in wickedness, go towards counsels of wisdom. But you notice in both verses that I find is very interesting. Every time that the Bible is talking about wisdom and movement, it always talks about walking. Have you ever noticed that? It says, you notice it never says run in wisdom. You know why? Because walking speaks to a pace of thinking. It speaks to a pace of movement. Walking is slower than running. Why is it telling you to walk in wisdom? Because wisdom moves slower, but it takes the time to make the proper decisions. By walking, you have time to see what is coming so that you can have the proper response to what is ahead of you. So we walk in wisdom. Walking is associated with wisdom because it actually takes the time to think before it responds to situations but some of us have listened to people that have you running into all kinds of foolishness and you are wondering why your life is crazy wisdom walks foolishness runs And some of us have people in our ear giving us advice that are not even close to being qualified to give us advice for the things that they are giving us advice on. And we are running into peril. We are running into foolishness and literally tripping up over ourselves because we haven't taken the time to walk in wisdom. It makes me laugh. Like people are trying to get relationship advice from people that have never had a good relationship and they wonder why they're running into folly. People are asking people about how to make money and how to become wealthy for people that ain't got no money. You're running into folly instead of walking in the counsel of wisdom. Take time to really think about the people that you are walking in step with, the people that bless my life the most. I find people in life that have something, have qualities that I want, and I follow their lead. I walk in step with them. I tend to hang around people that have successful marriages because it blesses my marriage by giving me a good path to walk in. I tend to like to hang around people that have good credit and have their finances and wealth in check and are building legacy for their children because it gives me a good path to walk in, to follow so that I can stay in step with the wisdom and the counsel that has been a blessing to their life because I believe that if I stay in step with it, that wisdom will be a blessing in my life as well. Well, walk in wisdom because it gives you time to think. And if you walk in wisdom, it will bless you. But look at the next thing that it says. It says, it says, it says, don't stand in the way that sinners take. What does that mean? Your actions in this season may be blessed or cursed based upon who you are trying to be. Listen, say why. This verse says don't stand in the way that sinners take take. What does that mean? Don't do what they do. Don't follow their behavior. Not only should you not listen to their thinking, you should not follow their behavior. This speaks to your actions, what you choose to do in this age of social media. I have seen so many people doing things to impress others, but not impress God. I don't want my actions to be influenced so that I can, I can look good for somebody. I don't care how good I look in front of people. My gauge of success in my life is not about how many people follow me. It's about how many people I can get to follow God. My life is not a popularity contest. And you say, well, I thought as Christians, man, you know, we're supposed to be blessed and blessing means everybody loves. Blessing does not mean that everybody loves you. It doesn't mean that at all. You say, how do you know that? Look at what John 15 through 18 and 19 says. It says, If the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. This is Jesus. The most blessed individual that has ever walked the face of the earth says, hey, if the world hates you, don't be surprised. It hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. Mm -mm -mm. See, some of y'all feel, man, I got all the love. Well, you need to ask yourself the question, who do you belong to? Says, as it is. You do not belong to the world. I'm so thankful I don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of, I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Blessing is not about people liking you. Blessing, you may be walking in blessing and people, most of the time, they won't be able to stand you for it. You ever wonder why you had haters? It's because you're blessed. See, if I'm blessed, they like me. No, more than likely, if you're walking in blessing, don't be surprised if the world hates you because being liked by others is not the goal. This is why you can live in a freedom when you live in a blessing to say what God has put on your heart to say. You don't have to co-sign on people's crazy because I'm not concerned about people liking me. I'm gonna say what needs to be said and I'm gonna do what I feel in my heart that I need to do and I'm not gonna follow the crowd just so i can get more likes and more followers i'm going to c- continue to stay consistent in what god has called me to so i don't have to co sign on the madness that so many people put on i don't have to like that post i don't have to repost that thing cuz i'm not doing things to get more likes i'm doing things to be loved by god cuz i would rather be loved by god and rejected by man than loved by man and be rejected by god i don't do what others do i ask myself what would jesus do we got to get out of this mindset this popularity mindset and i've seen it infiltrate christianity to where it's very scary. People become quasi-celebrities in Christianity, and we think, oh, we got to do what that person is doing because they're being known because they're doing that. I'm not here to speak against anybody. What I am here to tell somebody, young man, young woman, is do you. They're probably where they are because they listen to God and not everybody else. If you want to get to where God wants you, you need to stop listening or trying to be liked by everybody else and focused on being loved by God. Don't do what others do. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? But look at the next part of that verse. It says, "It says, the one that does not sit in the company of mockers. You may view this season as blessed or cursed based upon your community. The verse says, sit in the company of mockers. Who are you comfortable enough to sit with? Who do you stay with? Who do you stay connected to? There are people that, since we started this church man have been with us through it all and i i, I love it because they're consistent in their connection. They have chosen to sit with us. I know some people that are connected, and then I see others that are very casual. And the pandemic has brought it about in a new light, man. I've seen some folks that I thought would never leave, would always be there. And let me tell you something, a little life got a little rough, and I don't see them anymore. I still love them, I just don't see them anymore. But then there are some folks that said, man, I don't care if it's a pandemic, I don't care if y'all ain't got a building, I'm gonna stick with you. You know why? Because they have chosen to sit with us. We are their community. They have chosen to stay connected. It is not casual. It's not a casual connection. It's a community connection. And here's what I want somebody to hear and understand that may feel like you're not getting the most benefit or blessing by being a part of this house. The people that truly call this place home will always get the most benefit from it. Listen, The people that really are planted, that are connected, are always going to get blessing. The people who felt alone, I've seen it. I've watched as the church has provided them with family. The people who have had birthdays, I've watched as they've been celebrated with drive-bys and care packages and gifts. And the people that have wanted to do something that was larger than themselves and serve the community, the church has provided an opportunity for them to serve others. The people that were sick, our church always shows up, gives care baskets, takes baskets to hospitals, always visits the folks that are sick, the people that are out of work, man. The church showed up and we paid bills when people couldn't make it that month so that they could continue to move forward. The people that have suffered loss, I've seen it time and time again. Our church has showed up and provided comfort comfort for those that needed it the most. We have mourned with those who mourn because when you are connected to a community of faith, it's not a connection of convenience, it's a connection of conviction. We have to do it. We gotta be there for one another because we call each other family. Just this past Friday, myself and my wife, we rolled up on BurgerFi because the youth leaders planned a gathering, a going-away gathering for one of our junior youth leaders who's going up to college in Orlando, Will. They planned it, and we surprised them, and we popped up. You said, Pastor, you hanging out at, at, at teenage going-away parties? I sure am. You know why? Because it is a connection of com fiction because will is my family i show up to support him when he needs the help i don't care who it is if you call yourself a part of this family we can't make it everywhere but if we can we're going to show up to support you because that's what family does but even more than that it is biblical for romans 12 5 says so in christ though many form one body each member belongs to all the others so community is taken or believed in a different aspect because we don't just show up out of conviction. We show up because we belong to one another. Joe and I belong to Will. Will belongs to us so we show up when family needs us the most because in our hearts we don't have another option. We got to show up when people need it because that's what family does. Because we belong to one another, we are blessed. You will be blessed by your relationships but secondly you'll be blessed by your obedience you'll be blessed by your obedience look at what psalms 1 verse 2 says it says but whose delight is in the law of the lord and who meditates i love this who meditates on his law day and night underline day and night i like that it says it says you're going to be blessed if Your delight is in the law of the Lord. And if you meditate on his law day and night, what's that telling you? You need to be eager to do what God wants you to do in this season. You need to be eager to follow God's commands in this season. Not even eager, you need to be happy about it. Like God's been telling y'all to do some stuff for so long and some people just shy away from him. He's like, no, I don't need you to just do it. I need you to actually be excited about it. I need you to take delight in it. Like I I love my daughter, man. She's here in the audience today, and uh, I, I love her to death. And you know, as a dad, like I I be trying. I'm getting older, but I'm like trying to do stuff that I, you know, I as a, I'm almost 40, and I'm trying to think about what an 11-year-old thinks is fun. Right, so I'm like, baby girl, let's go do this. It's gonna be awesome. And now she had that mid, you know, that weird those those pre-teenage angst years. You know what I'm saying? So like, the stuff that dad thinks is cool just really ain't that cool for her anymore. Um, but but I try anyway. And I remember the other day, I was like, all right, baby girl, hey, throwing your throwing your uh, you get we, we better go ride bikes. And she was like, <sighs> you know, she gave me that 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 pre-teen. <sighs> I'm like, girl. It's gonna be fun. Let's just go, man. Let's go breathe in the fresh air. Let's get outside. Let's go ride our bike. She's like, okay, dad. She went, she put on her, her 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 sneakers or whatever. We got our bikes. We start riding, you know. And she's like, okay, what well, I'm like, Vava, isn't this awesome? She's like Yeah, you know, it's kind of okay, you know, and we keep riding, we keep riding. Eventually, man, we ride through the park, we ride home, man, we riding forever. And the longer we rode, the more excited she got about the ride. She started to realize that she was, I I don't know how it happened, her heart grew three sizes that day. And man, she started to actually have fun on the ride that her dad had asked her to come on with her. She didn't want to do it at first, but after she did it for a while, she had the best time. You know what God loves? So I love being a dad because I always see stuff from a father's perspective. God loves when we're excited about the things that he asks us to do. He just wants you to be excited about it. He knows it may not always be fun, but he, he, like, he, he, he loves when you're excited about it. Let me ask you this. Was the last time you were excited to read God's word, like you were excited about it? Ask yourself: Do you cheer about God's word, or is it a chore? Because the word that I just said, I just read, says those who delight in the law is talking about the word of God. Take delight in it. Opening your is 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 opening your Bible at your life. Oh, I got to check this box off today. Or do you get excited every time you get in this thing? God wants you to take delight in it. And you know what I realized with a lot of people, and let me, let me, you know, I'm not going to speak fair. I'm going to speak for myself. You know why I didn't used to enjoy to read God's word? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It felt like such a task because oftentimes I would read the words and I would literally just read the words. Like it, did, it didn't make sense. I couldn't comprehend what was going on. So I felt like I was just, I was blankly reading words on a page. And then when I read a chapter, I was like, oh, I did my chore today. And it did, I didn't feel good about it. What changed my perception or what got me excited about reading God's word is when I did what the second part of that verse says, when I began to meditate on it. You can't just read it. You got to meditate on it. Meditate on it day and night. And what I realized, if I could be honest, people don't have fun in God's word because they don't meditate on it. And some people don't meditate on it because they don't even know how. So I'm going to give you 10 questions to ask yourself when you read God's word so that you can meditate on it. This is hyper practical today. I'm sorry that this portion of the message will not be really preachy. It's going to be really practical. And that's why I hope you got the app because the 10 questions to ask yourself are already in there. So when you pick up your Bible, you already know if if you get that blank stare when you read, you can read now with intention. Most people don't read their Bible with intention. So the 10 questions are this and I'm going to go fast. First question, when I'm reading my Bible, if I want to meditate, how do I meditate better on God's word? Ask yourself, how might the Holy Spirit be applying this very verse to your situation? How is the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you specifically about the situation you find yourself in? Then ask yourself this question What is this passage teaching me about God's character? I love when I read stuff in the Bible and I know it's telling me something about the mystery of who God is. Then you can ask yourself this Is there a promise here for me to recognize and claim? Man, I love when I read verses. With promises like honor your mother and your father uh, and and, and your days will be long on this earth. That's a a command with a promise, man. So wait, if I respect the people that birthed me, I'm going to live longer? Man, I claim that. I recognize that in Jesus' name. Is, Is the passage revealing to a particular sin I need to try to avoid? Or is the Bible reading my mail in this moment? Is, it, is there something in my life that I need to get in check? Is God trying to reveal something about who I am and what I do? Or is, is, is <laughs> I love it, I love it so much. Or is God giving me a specific command I must obey? That's another way to talk about things that God is wanting you to do. When you read it, ask yourself that or ask yourself, how should this truth, affect my relationship with other people. Is God showing me something in this world to help my relationships be better? Man, can I understand my wife better through this passage? Can I understand my daughter better through this passage? Or ask yourself this. Is my spirit in harmony with what the Holy Spirit is saying? That's a big question. Because there's sometimes, there's things I read in the word, I'm like, God, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know. And I and I have to wrestle within myself about what God is saying. Is my spirit vibing, or is it connecting with what the Spirit is trying to say within me? Or is this passage expressing a truth about God, salvation, or sin, or the world, or my personal behavior that I need to understand better with the Holy Spirit's help? Or, oh, in other words, is when I, read, when I read this passage, is the Holy Spirit trying to reveal something to me about the world or who I am specifically that I need to make an adjustment? Or I love this one. Is there something in this passage I can praise God for? Man, I love, I love passages that help me praise, man. That's what, that's what the Psalms is all about, praising God in the passage, man. This is why, honestly, when sometimes when I'm praying to God, I just start reading some of the Psalms because it just gives me other reasons to praise him. How can I grow closer to God in light of what He's showing me through His word? How, how is what I just read helped me grow closer? to God. All of these things are things that you should meditate on. Maybe you will remember some of them. Maybe you will remember all of them. But the point is, is when you are reading God's word, read it with questions in mind because it helps you meditate on it so that you can gain the revelation he wants you to gain. You say, pastor, but how often should I do this? Well, I love what the verse says because it says, but those who delight in the law uh, of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night in the word, of the great theologian, Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, um, he says it like this I only think of you on two occasions, that's day and night, which means you need to be up in God's word, meditating on it all the time. I will read a passage in the morning, but I take all day and all night to process it because when I take the time to meditate on it, when I take the time to actually process it, when you meditate on God's word constantly, I promise you it will influence your actions towards obedience towards him and obedient people are always blessed i want to be obedient to god's word and the only way i to be obedient to it is if i do what the word says i hide it in my heart so that i do not sin against god that's what meditating on the word is about and i know if i'm obedient to it i will be blessed but finally you'll be blessed where you are planted You will be blessed where you are planted. Psalms 1-3 says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I love that. Whatever they do prospers. You got to have a firm foundation in God's house because it causes you to grow fruit In every season, this is why we go through painstaking lengths to meet physically or virtually. We do whatever we do so that we won't stop meeting because the house is a constant stream where things can grow. If you find yourself in a place of constant lack, one of the things you might want to consider is if you're planted in a constant source. You're planted in a continual source. I love that it says streams of water. They are ever flowing. They are continual, man. Life is continuing to flow through that place. But some of us have found ourselves in places of lack because we're planted in place where there is no life. If you are planted in your finances, if they run out, you might find yourself in a place of lack. If you're planted in your relationships, if those people leave you, you might find yourself in a place of lack. If you're planted in a position or a title, if you lose it, you might find yourself in a place of lack. This is why we must be planted in the house of God if we want to continually stay connected to the source. Psalms 92, 12 through 15 says it best. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will get this, underline this, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. They will still bear fruit. I know they've been talking about me at 40, man. I don't care. I'm still bearing fruit. And I ain't even close to being old. But I will still bear fruit in old age. And I will stay fresh. I want y'all to say that about yourselves. Man, if I'm planted in God's house, I'm going to bear fruit in old age. And I will stay fresh and green. I love this verse because it tells me that when I stay planted, in the house of the lord i won't just be blessed in this season i won't just be blessed in the next season but even in my old age if i'm planted in the house of the lord i will be blessed and i'm going to continue to bear fruit that stays fresh i want you to understand that this fall season is a fruit season and a fresh season i don't even want to just bear fruit in this season i want it to be fresh there's so many people that in the last 18 months, man, their relationship with church has gotten weird. They've gotten comfortable being at home or they've just gotten disconnected altogether. I want to tell you, my prayer, I, I'm going to do my best, my best job to pray to bless you, but what will bless you more than my prayer is your participation in God's house. Showing up, whether virtual or physical, being connected, Staying planted, digging roots won't just bless you in this next season. It will bless you in the seasons to come because your fruit will stay fresh. My brother, love my brother TJ. He's awesome, man. And uh, as we get older, man, me and him both like to plant things. I don't know, it's weird, man. You get old, you just start sticking stuff in the ground and see what happens. <laughs> his house in his backyard he has a star fruit tree and and i love his star fruit tree it's star fruit season y'all so my hand i got a a couple of star fruit from his tree um i picked this one this morning man like right before i came over here i stopped by his house i said hey man let me get some star fruit i went to the back and i picked this star fruit off of his tree and I love this tree because the tree's in good soil. The soil is good. And not only is it in good soil, star fruit is in season right now. Like I see people going to the grocery store paying for these. Nah, man, this tree is plentiful. There's so much star fruit, like it's falling on the ground, which is what this one has done. Fell on the ground. This one just got picked this morning. This one was on the ground. I mean, the tree is it's overflowing it's plentiful we got so much star fruit at our house right now it's crazy there's star fruit juice there's star fruit smoothies there's star fruit surprise there's star fruit a la carte i got more star fruit than i know what to do it but can i can i be honest man my favorite thing with star fruit is not all those different ways of preparation the best star fruit is the one that you just you just pick off the tree and you just, mmm, oh that's juicy. I wish y'all had like smell a vision or taste a vision. I mean, mmm, that juice just dripping out. Oh man, that's so good. That's for, mm, yeah. I know I'm supposed to preach, but this is good. The best fruit is the one that's recently picked because it's fresh you see this star fruit's been on the ground a while it's picked over it's fruit but it ain't fresh see i think some of y'all think you did decent in the last season just because you bear fruit it ain't fresh there's a difference between fresh fruit and fruit that is not fresh. There's not a person on the planet that would take a bite out of this right now. You can't gain any life from this. This ain't helping anybody. The animals even have passed this by because it's fruit, <laughs> but it ain't fresh. See, I don't want to just be a tree that's planted in the house of the Lord so that I could flourish. And I don't want to just flourish in my old age. I want to make sure that I flourish to the point where the fruit that comes from me is fresh. Because when my fruit is fresh, it shows that I am blessed. You see, what made this fruit fresh and this fruit stale is that when I picked this one this morning, it was still connected it was still connected to the branch and I love what John 15:5 tells me because Jesus said it like this I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you you will bear much fruit but apart from me you can do nothing those branches on that tree are only alive to bear healthy fruit because they are connected to the source of life itself and if you want to be fresh if you want to be blessed you have to be connected listen this is not just a sermon to say you need to come to church no it's a, it's a sermon to let you know that you need to be connected connected to what life and life itself I don't want to ever just bear fruit man because all fruit is not good I want my fruit to be fresh not just in this season but in the seasons to come not asking you just to reconnect to God's house but I know there's somebody out there whose fruit is not fresh and it's because you're not connected to life itself and his name is Jesus. I don't want to just bear fruit. I want the things that come from my life to be fresh. I want this fall season to be a faith season, to be a fruit season, to be a fresh season. You cannot experience the freshness of a season you cannot experience the blessing of a season if you are not connected to life itself and his name is jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed my call is simple my call is clear you say pastor i'm not gonna lie this last 18 months has been rough and if i can be honest i have not been connected to jesus i don't feel blessed because i'm not connected my fruit is not fresh because I'm not connected today the call is reconnect to Jesus if you connect to Jesus you not only experience a blessed life you'll have a fresh life on the count of three if that's you you say I want to connect to Jesus I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior I want to be connected to the source of life itself that's you on the count of three wherever you I want you to raise your hand here we go one two three hold it up your neighbor can't hold it up for you can't like take your neighbor's blessing get your own blessing connect to Jesus for yourself and you'll always be fresh I need Jesus in my life that's you raise that hand you say pastor you can't even see my hand that's okay I can't but God can and even more than your hand God sees your heart and that's what matters if you have a heart that longs to be connected to the source of life you have a heart that longs for Jesus he will bless you make you fresh in every season. If you raise your hand, if that's you, I want you to do the next step. I want you to repeat after me for the Bible says in Romans ten nine that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, he's raised from the dead, you're saved. If you confess and believe, you're connected and you will bear fresh fruit in every season. I want everybody, everybody in the sound of my voice to repeat after me. And when you say it, Meet it in your heart. Say, dear Jesus. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you I'm yours Lord thank you for connecting me back to you I love you in Jesus name amen man i don't know who that was for but not only will this be the best season of your life it's about to be the most blessed season of your life because you chose to be connected to the vine and his name is jesus and that's going to cause you not just to bear fruit in every season your fruit will be fresh amen man i don't know who that was for but i know somebody's life is changed and we celebrate salvation at cool church so on the count of three, start putting those emojis, start putting those hearts, start putting those claps in the chat. Maybe you actually want to physically clap your hands. Maybe you want to say, thank you, Jesus. But I can't open up the ceiling and show y'all that accepted Jesus. But let me tell you something. There's a celebration. There's a party in heaven for you, and we're going to reciprocate it down here on earth. So here we go. On the count of three, I want you to cheer your loudest. Give some crazy praise for those that got reconnected today. In Jesus' name, here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Thank you for our brothers and sisters that got connected today. In Jesus' name. Hey, you made that decision. You want to follow Jesus? Want to stay connected? Text Cool Fam, One word. C-O-L-F-A-M-2-1-8-3-3-6-7-5-9-4-3-0. Prompt should come up on your screen. Man, I'm so excited and thankful that people got connected. The last thing I want to do, I told you to wait for it. I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm going to pray. For all people at work in the education field, from administration all the way around, and then I'm going to pray for our children VPK, daycare, all the way up to graduate school. I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing that this will be the greatest season and the safest season that you've ever experienced, and that for all of our kids that may have been lacking in that last year of at-home learning, I pray that God will multiply infinitely their capacity to catch up in places where they may have been behind. I pray that, that God's gonna expedite the learning process for them so that they would not be behind, but they will move forward in Jesus. So if you're an educator out there, you're in the education system, when you're a kid out there, I want you to reach your hands towards the screen. I know it's weird, I'm gonna look right here. Reach your hands towards the screen, I'm gonna reach towards you. I'm going to bless you as your pastor today because I love you. Father God, I just thank you for each and every person that is logged on today, each and every person that calls themselves a part of this house that's connected. God, I pray right now, first and foremost, that you will bless our educators as they're putting their lives on the line as frontline workers to educate our kids so that they do not fall behind. God, I pray that you will put a hedge of protection in every classroom, around every educator. And God, I pray for the families of, of of the teachers that I've already heard of this past week before school even starting that have passed away due to this dangerous virus. God, I pray peace that passes all understanding for their families. And God, I pray that people would be considerate and have compassion for one another not think about themselves and their rights god when we chose to be a part of the kingdom we gave up our rights because we submit everything to you it is our right and our duty and our job to care about others god so i pray right now to protect the faculty and staff the principals administrators god give them wisdom give them guidance god so that they can do what is best for our children in this season God I pray that they have compassion that they have love that they won't leave kids behind but they'll understand they've been through the most traumatic 16 months in the history of the world God and they will bring them along they will wrap them in their arms God and they would bring them along in the journey no student left behind because we have educators that care about our kids And God, I pray for all of these students, God, that you would expand their mind, expand their capacity, God, so that they could learn at a rate that they've never learned before, God, all the way from the nursery, all the way up to graduate school. God, I pray that you will protect every person going back to an in-person classroom. Let them operate with wisdom as well. Let them be considerate of their fellow classmates as well. And God, I pray that we will continue to see or we will begin to see the infection rate go down, God, so that our schools will not be affected by this pandemic, that people will operate in wisdom and that you will protect your children, God. Protect our babies as they go back there. And I pray that this will be the greatest year of learning that they have ever had, God. That their social skills will not be deterred or delayed because of what has happened over the last year. But God, they will make up for lost time, God. This, I pray that this generation will be the smartest generation in all of existence, God. No delays. No developmental delays. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And Satan, you have no power and authority over God's people. We rebuke you. Get out of our schools. Get out of the heads of the people that are trying to cause confusion. God, I pray for safety to surround our schools. No violence in schools this year in Jesus' name. You don't want to hear about mass shootings in schools this year because the Holy Spirit has angels encamped on every campus in Jesus' name. I declare that this will be the greatest year, the greatest season of blessing. That they've ever experienced. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen, amen, and amen. Man, I love y'all so much. Hope that bless somebody. Fam, reach your hands towards me. Let me bless you before you go. Father God, I thank you for the greatest people in all the world, the people of Cool Church. Bless them as they rise up as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in and they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them with your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.